0: Show to all. Today's office is Ujjal Meshvia's Daf Pave Off, and we are starting about the second line with a quote from the Mishnah prasibol, el, in custom principal El Karka and Sadaf, it's on Alamirabana Aleph, about halfway through the Amud, and today's office sponsored Lili Nishmas, Mars, Mirim Sarabas Yakav Ma'isha. Her Neshama should have an aliyah. And the Mishnah said that one's only allowed to write a pros if there's karka involved. And we had explained that means that if the loiva has karka, we can write the pros However, now we have a slightly different explanation. Rav says Fushay-i Karka Both the Malva and the Liva have to have karka. The Liva has to have Karka, and that's because, as we explained previously, since this Karka is mishubid to the halva, it's like it's already collected, and therefore Shavis is not mishamit it. And the reason why Rav says the Malva also needs Karka is because if the Loiva sells his Karka, the Malva has to be able to be mocking some of his Karka to the Loiva. Now, Rabbi Yechon says, Lamalva alphabeshay and Laloiva, Laloiva alphabeshay le Lamalva, le le if even only one of them has Karka, we can write a prose bowl, because if the Loiva has it, we don't suspect he's going to sell it. And if the Malva has, and the Loiva doesn't, so the Malva can be mocking him some Karka, but both of them don't need to have. We continue, and we said, this in a previous Mishnah in Lakarka. Let's say the live himself doesn't have karka, Ul Khayov in karka. However, people that owe this live a karka. Custom like prosbol, we could write a prosable for him. And we had explained that this works with Shibu Diraf Nasan, that if A owes B and B owes C, so it's like A O C. And same thing over here, even though the life that we're discussing doesn't have karka, since somebody who owes him money has karka, so it's like that person who owes him money owes the original Malva karka, and therefore prosable can be written. Now our boss says Bushem Rav, Mesha Elial Kalchha Bshadeu, someone who only has one stock inside his field, custom like prosbolt, we can write a prosible based off of that one stock. Asking more if that's true, how do we understand the following Bryce of so, Atani the Tells us HaShotven var recent Rapitrapan align The partners in a field, sharecroppers of a field or apitrupin, these are the ones who are managing the estate of the assignment, they don't have a prosbol. That's because the property is not considered theirs. But why should that make a difference? We just said Bishem Rav that even if a person only has one stock, that's enough to write a prosbol on. So why does the entire property have to be theirs? For example, by Shutvin, by partners, each partner definitely owns some of the property, so why should a prosbol not be able to be written? sigmar so, answers, armin they said, come on, over there, call Kal Every single stock and part of the property is considered to be owned by partners, so each partner doesn't actually own anything specific, and that's why a can't be written. from Hacha, however, over here, who shall like? This one stock that he owns is 100% his, and therefore, a principle could be written on it. The marketing was asking, Are we allowed to write a principal for an based off of the nechasm of the usaimim? Now, when the Mishnah mentioned the apetrapin and isaimim, it was referring to the opposite scenario, where the has borrowed money for the isaimim, and the usaimim do not have property, but the does have property, so a principle is allowed to be written. Whereas over here, we're referring to the Abitrappas borrowing money, and the Abitrappas himself does not have property, but the Usaimim do have property. Are we allowed to write a principle based off of the Usaimim's property? So, again, our answers in the Shemimim and Adal is from the following. We're allowed to write a principle for a man based off of the Nchasim of his wife. Even though he doesn't own this property, it's his wife's nechse Since he's considered the Abitrappas, the manager of his wife's property, we're allowed to write a principle for him. So, to over here, since the Abitrappas is the manager of the Usaimim's property, we're allowed to write a principle based. Based off of the Yusimim's property. Think more continues asking, Ma'allichtav Ishon Echse Bayla, or we later rate apprisable for a woman based off the Nakhasim that her husband owns. Think more answers in Nishim Eum and adults. learn from the following Bekin the Yusimanchapin, we're allowed to write a apprisable for the Yusimim based off the Nchasim that Apache has. And we can explain the Mishnah Kabaras Dvarim Vahulu and we had brought him a khakis the mission between Rebelazar and the Khamim is a Kavaris Dvarim, a beehive that's on the ground, considered karka or not. And Ribleyesra said it is considered a So now we bring a source for this. Ribov says Bishem Reshim and Lakesh, Tabi the source of Ribliaser from the following. The Pesach tells us, yar, and the nation came into the forest Vine dvash, and it was flowing with honey. So we see the forest is flowing with honey. So it's like the honey came from the forest and the forest is Karka. So it means the beehive, which is where honey comes from, is considered like Karka. What do you learn from here? And our mother, her asked the same question. Mapik dvash, Does the forest produce honey? The forest is not producing honey. It just says that there was honey flowing in the forest. But that doesn't mean that the honey came from the forest. Now, amar vayitbal, dvash, yo. If the explanation would have been from the next pasuk that says that he dipped it in the dvash, so that would have been a good explanation. Because dvash literally means a forest of honey, showing us that honey can come from a forest, namely honey coming from beehive on the ground is considered karka. But that's not how it was explained. However, the Gemara tells us, Rabbi Yisra Rebun says, take out the word omar, he actually heard that this is where the explanation was from, and therefore since it's being explained from the second pasuk, from the words dvash that tells us that since honey comes from a forest, it can be considered that honey, or a beehive that produces honey, which is on the ground, is considered mechamber karka and therefore a prosbol can be written on it. The Gemara asks, hold on one second, manan Kaiman, what are we referring to over here? We have this the chachamim in regards to this beehive that's on the ground. Now, it can't be that we're referring to a beehive which is simply placed on the ground, because in that scenario, both of them would agree that this is not considered karka, it's simply a beehive placed on the ground. And remember, since we're talking about prosbol we have to be talking about an actual piece of property, and that's because, as we've said, multiple times before, when we have karka that's linked to a loan, it's considered like that loan was already collected, because karka is meshubbid to the loan. But if we have a beehive on the ground, that's considered like metaltolin, and that's not meshubbid to the chayv, so what are they arguing about? I will continue explaining, I'm karka, if we're referring to a beehive which is connected to the ground, it's cemented in kol'am my karka. So everyone would agree, even the chachamim, that it's considered like karka, because it's cemented to the ground. And if you want to say that we're talking about a beehive, which is just placed on two pegs, and those pegs, or those yusedites, their stakes, are on the ground, everyone agrees that it's not considered like karka. So what exactly is it? Our answer is El, Kina, what are we referring to? B'munach sagabai karkah. We're talking about that the beehive is on the ground, it's not connected to it, but it's resting on the ground, and we're not referring to the beehive itself, we're referring to the piece of land which is under the beehive, which is either owned by the owner of the beehive, or it's owned by somebody else, and he lets the owner of the beehive use this piece of property for his beehive. So the question is, since this piece of property is being covered by a beehive, are we able to use it for a bowl or not? And it's on that the Rebbelazer says, yes, we could use it for a bowl. and if this is just like what says in then we can write a principle on the place that's being occupied by an oven or a stove. Even though this piece of land is being occupied by something, still, we can write a principle on it. Now, Rechibar Adah Omar, he says, We can even write a prosbol on the makam of a ner, if there's a lamp or a candelabra or something like that, which is on a piece of karka, we could write a prosbol on that piece of karka. Now, the Gemara continues, Do we have the same machoikas between reblez and in regards to bread? Now, what does this mean in regards to bread? So, this is referring to taking bread out of an oven on Shabbos. And the question is Would Riblias hold that since the oven is on the ground, it's considered machubilah karka? And therefore, when a person takes bread out of the oven on Shabbos, it's like he's detaching something from the ground, which is the Isser of Taelish. So, do we say that or not? And the Gemara answers No, we don't say that. Dvash Gedule kaveres. Honey is considered like it's growing out of the beehive. The bees live in the hive, and they produce honey inside it. And therefore, if one takes honey out of the hive on Shabbos, it's like he's detaching something from the ground. However, Pas Tanur bread is not going like it grew in the oven. A person took this bread and put it in the oven, and now he's taking it out of the oven, and therefore there'd be no issue with that. Now we can explain the part of the Mishnah where we said that if a person returned the Chayv after Shemitah, the lender should say, I'm a shamit alone. And if the borrower said, Afal Piquen, I still want to return it to you, so then the lender's lie to take it. So we quote the Mishnah, If a person returns a Chayv after Shemitah, and the lender says, ani, Now we just have a clarification of this. When the lender says says Mishamatani, he should say it in a soft voice, and his right hand should be stretched out to accept it. Meaning, he doesn't have to state forcefully, I'm the alone, I don't want it, don't return it. He can indicate that he wants the money back. And the way he does so is with his soft voice and his right hand outstretched, basically showing, thank you so much for returning the loan, and the only reason why I'm mentioning I'm Meshamed it is because that's what I have to do, but I do very much appreciate you returning it, thank you, I'm going to put the money in my pocket. And then Mark explains the last part of Mishnah, where we had said, Ritzeach, similarly, that if Ritzeach, a murderer is in the ear Miklat he ran away and he's safe over there and they wanted to give him covet, he has to tell them I'm a murderer and only then if they say Afal Piken so he's allowed to accept the Kavid. He says this part of Mishnah tells us the following if we have a person who learned one michla, which is one Masechta and that comes from the word Masechta and he goes to a certain place and they're giving him honor because of two Masechtas they think he learned two Masechtas and that he knows them he has to tell them I know only one Masechta and that's where my wisdom comes from. I don't know two mesechtas, And this is in order for him not to be over on Geneva's Das. We're going to stop it for the day and pick up tomorrow with the last halacha in the mesechta, halacha daled. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.